Hey everyone, it's Jillian Davis, founder of Overtime Leader and host of the Overtime Podcast. Uh, for those of you that have not joined us before, Overtime Leader is a leadership development company designed for the modern workplace. So we work with a lot of fast-growing scale-ups that want to grow and ensure that they maintain their culture in the most effective way. So we work with leadership teams to give them those strategies around communication, uh, goal setting, um, team dynamics, behaviors, etc., cetera, uh, to ensure that they can do that. Um, and if you want to learn more about the work that we do, you can go to www.overtimeleader.com. Uh, and for those of you that are new to the Overtime Podcast, uh, be sure to sign up to our weekly newsletter. Uh, this is a newsletter that I share kind of insights of the week. Um, I make sure to post all articles and podcasts um, and provide insight pieces, uh, tools, and resources that I think are really helpful for managers working in kind of these fast-growing, unprecedented environments of today. So the link to the newsletter it will be in the description, and yeah, be sure to check that out. So often on these podcasts, I'll sit down with a guest and, you know, hear their input. And that was kind of the, the basis of creating this podcast was that I wanted to hear from, uh, you know, on the ground managers about their learnings, their techniques, um, you know, just, just the real story, not a pre-approved script, but the nitty gritty, dirty parts of management uh, that we often don't get to hear. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun and I will continue to do that. But I also thought, you know what, I, I find myself um, going through similar challenges with my clients. So a lot of themes come up and why not, you know, give you guys the opportunity to hear um, some insights on how to approach different topics that I think are, uh, you know, common across pretty much all managers, no matter if you're in a scale-up environment or a traditional corporate. There's a lot of things that play up when working with humans um, that I think can be helpful to all of you. And if it's not helpful, you can always press stop and move on to another podcast. Um, so today I am going to talk about how to adapt your message to get the outcome that you want. I'm going to keep it short and sweet uh, and kind of, you know, really just get to get to the point on basically you probably have a lot of competing demands you're probably spending a lot of time in meetings um, hopefully they're organized but the likelihood is that they're not uh, they might have an agenda that's super high level but you know maybe a lot of discussion is happening and not a lot of outcomes or actions are achieved um, in your one-to-ones uh, they can feel sometimes really great but sometimes you know you leave being like what did I just accomplish um, so it's super, in order for you to achieve your goals, you have to make sure that every exchange you have, whether it's a meeting with your team, your boss, a client, um, you're making sure that time is effectively used and that you are able to get what you need from that space. So I've broken it down into four steps on how to adapt your message. And the first step is pretty obvious, but I have to say uh, very often not done. And that is think about what's the best case outcome from this meeting. So in simplest terms, what do you need to get from this time you're spending with this other person or other people? And 
I find with my clients, either they are setting way too high of an objective before they step into a meeting. So they want to get way too much done given the allotted time that they have. And therefore, you know, they don't, they feel like they don't achieve anything. Um, or it's not done at all. So a lot of people just rock up to meetings. They might like briefly look at the agenda, but they're not really engaged in, you know, the time, this time spent. So before every meeting you have, even if you're not driving it, if you're invited to a meeting, there's got to be something you need to get out of it, whether you're providing input to a meet somebody else's meeting, or if you're driving the meeting, what do you need specifically to get out of that time in order to move you forward? And be mindful if you have 30 minutes, 15 minutes, 60 minutes, and structure it in a way that doesn't feel like you're wasting other people's time. Um, so the first step is basically getting clear on what is that outcome, very clear, very specific outcome that you need from that meeting. Step two is think about the people on the other side of the table. Now this might be multiple people if it's a team meeting, or it could be one person if it's a one-to-one -one with someone in your team, or maybe it's a one-to-one -one with your boss, and you need approval to or sign off to uh, make some hires or to get something done. Um, so you've thought about what the outcome is. Now think about where are they coming from? Put yourself in their shoes. What's their current priorities? What's on their plate? What are their goals? And you might not know the answer to these questions, but do your best to take a couple minutes, close your eyes, think it through, and guesstimate what those might be. So if it's your boss, maybe you're one of you know, seven people that they're managing and they're constantly um, you know, fighting fires in meetings, um, changing hats. You don't want to waste their time, quote unquote. Um, but so what can you um, give them in advance, for example, to ensure that you are able to use that time together in the most effective way? Uh, there's a really interesting approach at Amazon called the six pager, where basically a someone who needed a, a really big strategic decision be being to be made, you then go write a six-page report, essentially, with the facts, figures, the benefits to the customers, uh, benefits to the company, etc. And every meeting will start with about 45 minutes so that everyone in the room reads the document and everyone is informed at the same level before you start discussing. This is an approach that worked for Amazon. It might not work for your company, but what I like about the six pager is that it gives people the information to make the right decisions. A lot of decisions aren't made because the other party or decision maker is not informed. And your role is to do your best to inform the other party. So if you can, you know, give them the, uh, any information needed up front that will save time, the better. The more you can do that, the better. So think about the other, think about you know, what's on their plate, what are their motivations, what are their goals, um, what does their day look like, and then what can you provide them to make this meeting drive you closer towards that outcome. Um, step three is adapt. So step one, just define the best case outcome. Step two, think about the other person. Step three, adapt your message. So. I was in a role where my boss and I were constantly going head to head. 
and it meant that none of my plans were approved. This drove me crazy because one of my core principles is uh, to you know move forward, to always be growing, and stagnation basically gives me hives. Like I, I, I literally just can't. And when plans aren't approved or things aren't being done effectively, I get really frustrated and it probably brings out my worst self in the workplace. And uh, I was introduced to this tool called Dynamics, which is a four color breakdown personality style. Uh, it's similar to Insights. I think it's often, the Insights is used a lot in the UK. Um, anyways, I did Dynamites, duh, sorry, I did Dynamics. I was very apprehensive because I had seen um, things like Myers-Briggs be used in executive recruiting and didn't like that or didn't believe that we could be pigeonholed into four letters, which is the Myers-Briggs approach. Now, I do think there's a lot of valuable information that you can get from Myers-Briggs, but not when it's being used to make hiring decisions. And what I liked about Dynamics is that, okay, this is a snapshot. These four colors are a snapshot of you right now. And um, it it starts with awareness. So this is, this is what how you operate. And if you feel like that's not serving you in your current role, then you can change and adapt your color breakdown uh, to serve you better. So I love Dynamics and I, I have used it ever since and I use it with my clients and it's just really, really helpful. Um, but like I said, I was very apprehensive to this tool in the first place, um, but I took it with an open mind and had my boss do it, had my team do it. And what I discovered was my boss and I were uh, completely opposite in our color breakdown. Um, so extra level of insight at this time, my boss was also my mom and I probably didn't need a psychometric assessment to show that my mom and I were the opposites, but what it did allow was for us to have a conversation about how we communicate very differently. So at the time I was a dominant yellow, which meant that I was always thinking in big ideas, big plans, high level thinking. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was trying to move the business from a state of crisis to a state of empowerment, and we needed to make a lot of changes uh, to, to make that happen. Meanwhile, my mom was a dominant blue, so she was looking, needed time to reflect, looking at facts and figures, looking at data, doing some research, and my blue was tiny. So you can imagine that my proposals, my business plans were very high-level thinking, quite visual, uh, and really lacked any kind of detail or research. Um, so that's one way that it clashed. The second way was that I would present on the spot. So we'd have our strategy meeting. I'd put up my presentation, um, explain what I wanted to do, and then expect an answer. Whereas someone, I know this now, someone with a dominant blue would really benefit from having the information in advance, having time to think it through so that they felt more equipped to make a decision during the meeting. What Dynamics enabled me to do was then adapt my message in order for it to land in the way that I needed it to and drive me closer to that outcome. Um, so it doesn't, it didn't feel like I had to change myself, but it just made me kind of increase my empathy or level of empathy, empathy on really a day-to-day -day basis or an outcome by outcome basis. And what I get my clients to think about is, you know, you might not need to do a dynamics to, to kind of get the insight on different personality types. Like now I can kind of guesstimate who I think people are based on my observations of them. And from that, I, you know, 
do a little bit of adaptation and it tends to work. You know, even if they were to do a Dynamics and I was maybe, you know, 20% off their dominant color, when I recognize a blue, so someone that, for example, might, you know, sit and listen to you in a meeting and then post the meeting will come to you with a whole bunch of questions, um, gets irritated when, you know, you want to ask the ask for a decision on the spot. By making some slight adaptations to that person, our meetings or uh, exchanges become a lot more meaningful. Uh, so that's step three. So step one, defining best case outcome. Step two, thinking about the other person. Step three, adapting to the other person. And step four is to follow up. And a lot of times, you know, we get what we want and we move on. And we forget to go back and say, thank you. We forget to go back and say, that decision was made and here's the outcome from it. Um, And it's just kind of common courtesy. And it also helps you build the relationship with the other person. Which means for the next time you want something, you've get, you've created momentum, you've kept that momentum, and you don't have to kind of go through these, you know, step two and three every single time in so much detail. You always have to do step one, which is think about what outcome you want. Um, but once you've built that rapport with a stakeholder or a client or a boss or a teammate, step two and three, which is having to think about them and adapting to them, becomes a little bit more natural and less kind of... Um, intentional. So the first few times you'll want to take that time out to reflect and think about, okay, if I'm going to be meeting with my boss, you know, what, what, in what way should I communicate with them best in order to get, reach this outcome? How can I serve them better? How can I make sure I set them up for success so that I get what I need? Um, But once you kind of click into that, it then becomes much more natural. Um, but step one, which is defining the outcome, and step four, which is follow-up, I think are non-optional and key to ensuring that rapport and that momentum is kept. Uh, so that is it for how to adapt your message and get the outcome you want podcast. Uh, really keen to hear what you think. Is this helpful? Would you like more? Is there a topic you'd want me to you know, give my insight on that would help you? Uh, please do reach out. I'll put my email in the description Uh, But always, you know, engage with us on Twitter uh, and literally anywhere on LinkedIn. Um, And yeah, this has been really fun. I'm going to think about some other topics uh, to cover, uh, but would love, 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 love your input. So thanks for listening and uh, be sure to check us out next time. Mm -hmm.